Okay, how do I do this again? Yo, yo, it's me, your boy, Big C. No, that's not it. That's definitely not it. Greetings. No, definitely not that. Um, hello? Hello. There it is. Hello, and welcome back to Caverncast. That's the one. Hi. Hi, hello, sorry, been a minute. How you doing? I was doing a I was doing a thing there. Um but I think it's done now. So what's up? Happy New Year. You can still say that, right? I mean we're now in February, but it's fine. Happy leap year, actually. Yeah, I'll I'll go with that. Happy leap year. Happy leap year. Happy birthday to you if this year you are turning 10 and have wrinkles already. I have a friend whose brother was born on the 29th of February, actually. And uh, it was so weird because I, I'd i never felt power like it. His brother was like the oldest of three. So my friend was the youngest and then he had a brother that was a couple of years older. And then a brother who was like five or six years older technically so like if you know if if i was like nine or ten that's a big jump five or six years older is quite a big jump but when we found out he was technically younger than us oh my god did i lord it over him we'd like basically bullied this older teenager into <laughs> into um i was gonna say submission and and, and and tears but no he he ended up punching me in the ribs uh, to to get me back for that. He was young though. He didn't know any better. <laughs> I hope he's grown up a bit now. You know. Growing older and seeing your friends' older siblings stop being so much older than you is a weird one. You know. Does that make sense? Like I'm I'm an only child, so I, not only am I exceedingly self-obsessed, I also don't know if you view your own siblings in the same way as this, but I remember how much older and more mature they seemed when I was growing up. And now I know a few of them who, from what it seems on the outside, just seemed to stop doing that. They kind of, they hit a point where they were almost like the leap year kids and it kind of overtake them, not in age obviously, but in maturity. I guess I'm not, I'm not saying this from like a holier than thou place because I know I can be a fucking idiot at times, but a lot of times actually. Um, but seeing these unbelievably cool, badass figures that you kind of idolized growing up become almost the opposite of that kind of sucks, man. It's like the cool uncle at the crazy family parties. Like, oh, Uncle Roger, he's so uh, he's so awesome and fun and crazy. And then you grow up and it's like, oh, no, he's an alcoholic and he's a total mess, but he has a good sense of humor. It's kind of like that. When did, Jesus, when did this get deep? It's like the first five minutes. What? That was supposed to be a light joke about leap years. Jesus. Anyway, it's all right to be a little rusty. I tell you what, I probably am. I've never, I've never been one to not be honest on this podcast. So, let me tell you, December 
sucked. The reasons it sucked don't need to be dwelled on, but let's just say I'm glad it's done. And glad it's out of the way. I do hope you had a good Christmas and New Year and everything, though. If you if you celebrate it or a good whatever you do in December, I'm not a Scrooge or a Grinch. I do hope you had a good time. But personally, I am having a much better January. Yeah, your boy is back in therapy, so that's nice. I've also recorded my first ever audiobook, which is very cool. I'll have more details for you about that very soon. Um, but it's a really cool book, man. It's a it's a fiction book. I was approached by the author to do the audiobook, and uh, it's a story that focuses on a lot of things that people that many people struggle with mentally in life and i enjoyed reading it a lot it's um it's about growing up with those with those issues and the best kind of ways to handle them and um yeah so if you enjoy my voice and good stories i hope you will enjoy that too i will let you know about it when it is out so there may be a few more of you here now, some of you who have found me through different means of my voice, my voice is doing a few things now, some of you who have been recommended this podcast for help with sleep or helping you relax, it's crazy the amount of people who um, find my socials and they're like, oh my god, you're Cavancast, you're the voice of Cavancast, like they find the socials after after the podcast it's that's very weird to me that people just find the podcast before the tiktok it's nice though it's really nice it's just surprising to me either way i am glad i am reaching you all in whatever way suits you i want to do all of these things as much as i can uh, but i also know how my brain can be the same brain that can give you this stuff is also the the, the same brain that can just hear out so we've just got to do the best with what we're dealt with you know but what this brain does give me a lot of the time is some rather strange trains of thought that when coupled with this voice res voice result voice results in a a half decent podcast i hope so if you haven't listened to Cavancast before that is exactly what happens here i use a random word generator to generate five random words and then i talk about whatever comes to mind while you over there chill or relax sleep water your plants i did that this morning not while listening to myself that would be a step too far i think Talking to myself, yes, absolutely, 100%. Do that every day. That's why I love living alone. Talking to the plants as well, you bet. Just not listening to myself. Uh, actually, I want to get this thing that this guy created. I can't remember what his name was, but I remember seeing it where he, he attaches a motion sensor to his plants so that when he walks past them and they need water, it triggers this this um little speaker that's attacked attached to them and uh they just scream at him when they're thirsty <laughs> they just scream like ah, i'm dying i need water i really want that i really want that
Um, anyway, yeah, that's what that's what Cavancast is, and uh, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, and whether you are or whether you're not, I hope that you feel a bit more okay after this episode. So I'm going to start talking about random stuff uh, now. Now, with the first word, which is roof. Roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Uh, it's not. Don't worry. You're safe. Everything is okay. Everything is fine. Um, roof. I imagine that this, this word is like it's the top of a structure or, or a building and not the sound of a dog. Like roof. I imagine that's what it's talking about. That's what I'm assuming anyway. Actually, no. Do you know what? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the dog thing. Let's do that. I think I'm, I'm actually prejudiced when it comes to dogs. I'm not proud of it, but it's uh, it's something I haven't been able to shake yet. Uh, so, oh God, I'm outing myself now. So many of you know I've grown up with dogs. Um, I love them so much. We don't deserve them at all. But I do have an issue. If I'm in my domicile or out of my domicile, home or away, it doesn't matter. It matters not. Uh, and I hear a dog barking, my reaction could be one of two. Uh, <laughs> if perchance said barking dog is of the larger variety, uh, which normally results in a much deeper, richer sounding bark, I am always in full support of his or her efforts. Bark to your heart's content, sweet one. Let the world know what ails you. Totally, totally behind that, that canine. If, however, the dog that is barking is smaller, with a much higher pitched bark, a yap, some may call it. I truly believe that bark is a curse upon my ears. The shriek of a banshee is preferable to that eardrum-piercing infuriation. I've tried to change my mind on it, I really have, but I, I can't, I cannot, and uh, this, is, this is where I stand on the matter, and I apologise. I am only human, and I am not perfect, like dogs. I love them all. I love all dogs. I just can only really tolerate some of them barking. I'll pet them all. I just don't want to listen to them all. <sighs> Feels good to get that out, you know. Feels good to be honest. Now it's out there in the world. I do like a roof, though. I was big on climbing onto roofs back in the day. One of my favourite pastimes was climbing onto the roof of my old school back when I was still a teenager. And uh, I had a thought the other day. A wave of nostalgia came over me and I thought, oh, it would be, it'd be cool to do that again. Don't know when I'm next going to go back to my hometown, but I was like, oh, that would be nice. You know, climb on the school roof like old times. Watch the sunset, maybe on my own, maybe with a couple of friends from back then. Wouldn't that be nice? No, no, it wouldn't. I can hear the sirens now. 
lanky teenager with a an emo fringe on a school roof fine absolutely fine grown adult man lurking on the roof of a school absolutely not so i let that thought pass swiftly out of my head and just let it die i was i was in my hometown a while ago at some point last year and uh uh, I was with a friend and we went, we walked past the park, like slash playground thing that we all used to hang out in and, and get drunk in as kids. And we went in there to see how much it changed. And we went in there because there was no, no one else in there. And as soon as a couple of kids came in with their mum, we were like, okay, this was fun. Time to leave. <laughs> it's fine. Nostalgia can stay nostalgia. Probably for the best. I will say, though, playgrounds have got some pretty nifty apparatus in them now. They're actually kind of intense, some of them. I'm actually kind of glad we didn't have that. If we went in there messing about as teenagers, doing the things that we did, and we had those things that span that fast or operated like some of these things do way more of us would have ended up in hospital. I already don't know how I didn't end up there more, to be honest. This is coming from a kid who thought skateboarding full pelt into a lorry was a good idea. Ah, memories. Anyway, back to roofs. Roofs give you the chance to see the world from a different perspective, man, and I I like that a lot. It's such a trope with so many movies, isn't it, where the main character is up on the roof of some building late at night, you know, overlooking the city and the the friend or whoever, the side character comes up and interrupts their pensive moment saying like, I thought I might find you here. You got something on your mind? it's, it's, It's always that. And they're always like, yeah, I like it up here. It's quiet. I can think. <laughs> you know, something like that. It's a valid trope, though, because, you know, that kind of stuff does help. It's almost like like the opposite of thalassophobia. No, thalassophobia is the fear of the ocean, isn't it? Megalophobia. The fear of big things. Because it's like everything seems a lot smaller and less overwhelming when you look at it from a roof or a plane. I may have spoken about this before in an earlier episode, but here's a very good tip. If you're ever in central London, there's a wonderful place called the Sky Garden, and it's at the top of the Fenchurch building right by Monument and Fenchurch Street. They've basically converted the top of this skyscraper into a big three-story glass-domed garden with, and I am definitely not exaggerating here, one of the best views of London easily, because it's completely 360. I know you've got the shard and stuff, and that's great, but this this is amazing. Panoramic AF, man. You can walk around the whole thing and see all of London. It's beautiful. 
And here is another little tip for nothing. The tickets are free, but you have to book them unless, I think this is still a thing, unless you go really early. I think like before 9 or 10 a.m. We went there at like 7.30 when we went and there was no one there. We got a coffee in the little cafe, listened to some Zen music that they had playing and just watched the sunrise in this garden, man. It was heaven on earth. It really was. So go treat yourself to that. Enjoy. And I'm going to carry on. I'm going to move on to the next word, which is stormy. Stormy. And you know what? I have I have a story. It's a funny story for you. It wasn't so funny for me. The best kind, right? I can look back at it now and laugh, but at the time, whew, um, it's about the van that I own. Van Halen, to call them by their full name. But uh, what I will do is segue into this story smoothly by telling you another story about the roof of my first car. This will make sense, trust me. So my first car was called Woody. And Woody was a, he was a little Renault Clio. He was my friend's brothers. And I bought him for like 300 pounds. And he was an amazing first car. Not because he was an amazing car, but because he had character. I never, I never had a car with as much character as Woody. He was called Woody because he, uh, his license plate read MDF, which is a type of wood. Well, sort of. It's a, it's a man-made wood. Uh, medium density fiberboard, if anyone cares. <laughs> uh, anyway, Woody also had a sunroof. Not too common for Renault Clio's, but Woody rocked one. He did. He looked good. Uh, but the thing was, Woody's sunroof let in not only the sun, uh, but the rain too, even when he was closed. No matter how much I siliconed up the sunroof and tried to fix the leak, the rain would get in. Water finds a way. But the weird thing was, he he wouldn't just let it through. Like, you wouldn't know the rain had got in. No, 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 no. He would store it up until I started driving again. And when I turned a corner, <laughs> he wouldn't open the floodgates on me. He would only empty himself on whoever my passenger was at the time. So if I liked who my passenger was, they they got a waterproof coat to put over themselves. If I didn't like them so much or needed to get them back for something, Woody would always come in clutch. What a guy. Always had my back. I miss that dude. R.I.P. little bro. You did me well. But uh, carrying on my roofy, stormy segue. Not roofy like that. That's... No. No. Roof... Roof-like. There we go. We don't need to be talking about roofies. Uh, the... What was I saying? 
So, yeah, had Woody, leaky sunroof Woody, had a few other cars, then bought a van called Halen. Uh, for those of you who are new here, in 2021, uh, a couple of months before I started this podcast, I bought a van and converted it into a camper and lived in it for a while, which was fun. And although I don't live in it anymore, it's still the vehicle that I use every day to get around. Now, having a two and a half meter tall van is not the most convenient vehicle to drive in many places. A lot of car parks, a lot of uh, country roads, and a lot of airports. So, when you convert a van, to make it livable, you need ventilation. So, one of the things that most people do is cut a big old hole in the roof of the van and install a vent or a fan. A fan, a van fan. This is something I did on Halen. And this particular roof fan I installed had a rain cover on it, which was very good. It had a sensor that would automatically close it when it started raining. Very nifty it was. Uh, so about halfway through December, I had to pick up a friend from the airport as she was coming back from Vietnam. Heathrow airport to be specific if you don't know Heathrow airport has a very open space to drop people off this is terminal two by the way uh, Heathrow has a very open space to drop people off but to pick people up what they have is not a nice open space that vans can fit into no it's a lovely little underground car park now, I didn't want to get fined for going into the drop-off and picking people up. I also was not wearing my glasses, and what I thought I saw on the height limit sign for this car park was a height that I thought I would slide under gracefully. So, as my friend and I not the friend I was picking up, a different friend who came with me, drove down the one-way ramp to the car park, it soon became obvious that this was going to be a tight squeeze. As we got to the entrance of the car park, topped with a concrete ceiling, I got slightly concerned and asked her to just pop out of the van and just check to see if I would have enough space to get through. She did so, and she said, yes, it should be fine. There should be enough space. So all was well, I thought. This particular friend, however, was not of a height where she could see the rain cover sticking up on top of the roof of the van so and th this rain cover is like a black plastic square that's raised up about mm, 
let's say probably adds another four inches to the van it's quite important when you're when you're messing about with height limits so she got back in the van and i carefully drove forwards thinking all would be fine until i heard the most gut-wrenching crunch i have ever heard and the next thing i see is just bits of black plastic fly off of the roof onto the ground past the windows and off the windscreen it <laughs> and i just started laughing i don't know why but that was the reaction just laughter because then not only could we not drive into the car park but there was no way out either because the ramp coming down was one way the only saving grace and the only reason we got out of there was that there was two lanes coming down into the car park and not just one so i had to turn the van around and proceed to have the most amount of drivers infuriated with me that i have ever had whilst i made everybody get out of my way as i drove back up this one-way ramp i would have hated me too we then uh, we then drove over to the drop-off point because that was the only place i would fit and just left the van there to go get our friend because at this point i was done find me arrest me i don't give a shit do with me what you will didn't get a fine though which was good however i do think we we nearly probably got done for a hate crime oh plot twist didn't expect this what's this part of the story you ask let me tell you uh we weren't very smart at the last second uh we probably would have been done for this because we also made a sign to greet our friend with now we all have very insult-based senses of humor and we love each other for it as it works very well so the sign that we made said go back to vietnam we hate you to us very funny joke to anybody else seeing two people stood at an airport arrival zone with a flight coming in from vietnam with a sign that says go back to vietnam we hate you not so great so we made sure to write her name on it in big bold letters so there was no confusion but the thing is we wrote the damn thing on a big piece of polystyrene which snapped in half anyway on the way because we were running to get to it and the wind just snapped polystyrene don't make signs with polystyrene just write it on cardboard or card like a normal person if you ever do this don't follow our our example actually with all this i know i know the word is stormy so let me get back to it after all this happened i had to find something to cover up the massive hole in the roof of my van so i ended up cutting a really heavy duty plastic bag and duct taped the duct duct taped duct taped duct taped duct taped doesn't matter duct taped the hell out of it and uh stuck it all down to the roof 
And it worked. It worked very well. It looked Well, it didn't look neat, but it was on there. And this worked very well for about 30 miles of, of driving down the motorway the next day until it started to storm and get very windy. And I had this massive bit of plastic just flying around on the top of my van, holding on for dear life. Half like one of those wacky waving inflatable flailing arm tube men, and half like like uh, like the protagonist of an action movie when they end up jumping onto the car and trying to to hold on for dear life when the car's like swaying them about and they're like flying. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's that. Yeah. Um, so I kept having to climb onto the roof to like stick it back down again with I went through so much duct tape and I kept doing this until I realized I could just use duct tape. I didn't need the damn plastic. Every day is a school day, eh? Can just use the duct tape. Still haven't got a replacement, but it looks much neater now. I'm sure I'll get a replacement at some point. I probably won't get a replacement at some point. I'll keep telling myself that I will, but I probably won't. Um, okay, word number three of today is it's shiver. Shiver. Something you would do if it was stormy, I guess, because it would be cold. Well, in the UK anyway. Maybe not anywhere else. Tropical storms. Why do we shiver? Should we find out why we shiver? Because I actually don't know. Is it the same as Goosebumps? Is it only to do with the cold? Is it ghosts? Who knows? Let's let's find out. <laughs> Why do we shiver? Okay. Shiver Wikipedia, obviously. Shivering, also called shuddering, is a bodily function in response to cold and extreme fear in warm-blooded animals. When the core body temperature drops, the shivering reflex is triggered to maintain homeostasis. Skeletal muscles begin to shake in small movements, creating warmth by expending energy. Shivering can also be a response to fever, as a person may feel cold. During fever, the hypothalamic set point for temperature is raised. The increased set point causes the body temperature to rise, pyrexia, but also makes the patient feel cold until the new set point is reached. Severe chills with violent shivering are called rigors. Rigors occur because the patient's body is shivering in a physiological attempt to increase body temperature to the new set point. Warm up! So the fear thing is interesting because when I've had anxiety attacks or panic attacks in the past, shivering is one of the things that I do. I don't see everybody do this. This is not me saying I'm special. This is me. Um, it's a pain in the ass. And I know it kind of affects everybody differently, how people's anxiety manifests physically. Um, like It doesn't feel like I'm shaking. It feels like I'm shivering. It feels like I'm really cold regardless of what temperature I am. It's really, it's really weird. I'll be shivering and I'm like, I'm warm. I'm actually very warm. What are you doing? And my body's just like, I don't know, bro. I'm just, just trying this. I thought it might work. It's, it's very strange. 
But yeah, that that makes sense about the the shivering when you're cold with the whole body trying to warm you up thing. So why do we do it when we pee? Please, please tell me that isn't that's an everybody thing and I'm not just outing myself as a weirdo here. Oh, thank God it's an autocomplete answer on Google. <laughs> um, okay, so... Although, although the exact cause of shivering while urinating has not been determined so far, one theory has been put forward that the change in body temperature in the groin area causes the tremors to in the groin area for some people. When you take off your clothes to urinate, as you know, everybody does, this exposes part of your body causing a sudden drop in body temperature. This can make you feel colder and as a result your body may shiver to generate heat to keep you warm that i don't know because i have definitely peed with like revealing very little of my body and uh it's not that's not the reason i get the shudder it just doesn't that doesn't sit right with me um Another theory has been put forward to explain the shivering phenomenon during bowel movements is uh, is the is that the release of urine from the body causes your body temperature to drop because some of the heat has been lost. This makes more sense. In this case, your body instinctively responds with a shiver to generate heat and warmth. That I can get behind. I can that yeah, I, I understand that. Shivering oh Shivering during urination is also thought to be related to the central nervous system. Ooh, we like central nervous system stuff here. It explains so much about so much. Uh, the peripheral nervous system sends information from the brain and spinal cord to other parts of the body. This part of the nervous system also includes the sympathetic nervous system, which regulates involuntary bodily functions. Um and the parasympathetic nervous system, which uh, helps your body relax and return it to a resting state. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've heard, you'll have heard me talk about this, the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Um, big fan of it. The sympathetic nervous system makes you alert and ready for action, and uh, the parasympathetic does the opposite. It brings you down to a resting state. And and if these parts of your nervous system are dysregulated due to, you know, stuff that's happened earlier on in life, this can bring about a whole host of issues. So it's worth looking into anxiety, depression, um, you know, freeze responses and, you know, how you how you react and how you can feel very lost and dissociated with life. Go and look it up. Go and go and Google it. It's um it's a very good rabbit hole to go down. So, back to the pee. Uh, when your bladder is full, it activates nerves in the spinal cord called sacral nerves. Sacral nerves? Sacral nerves. This gets the parasympathetic nervous system active, causing the wall of your bladder to prepare to push urine out of your body. As urine leaves your body, the blood pressure drops, triggering a response from the sympathetic nervous system. Okay, it's getting very sciencey. Um, so when this happens, it releases a series of neurotransmitters called catecholamines. Cate Catecholamines? Catecholamines. 
that aim to stabilize blood pressure, bringing it back to a balanced state. When you pee, it's possible that the sudden spike in catecholamines makes you feel very shivery. Okay. As much as I don't totally understand all of that, it kind of makes sense. And I think there could be a valid reason as to why we shiver when we pee. Well, I do anyway. This might be totally lost on you. Um, Some experts suggest that shivering when urinating is more common in men. Okay, this is because men stand up. Basically, I'm just going to paraphrase. Men stand up when they pee. And when you stand up, your blood pressure increases. And when you pee, it, it drops rapidly so there's a blood pressure drop um, even more of a blood a dramatic blood pressure drop so men will shiver more this might explain why i passed out that one time while i was peeing in my old house low blood pressure hmm i think i should probably stop peeing that that's my takeaway from this sounds dangerous so I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> and I'm now going to move on to word number four. Da ba 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 ba. Word number four is sparkling. And it is rant time on Cast because listen, I love many a sparkling thing. I do. The freshly risen sun on dewy grass, first thing in the morning. A Christmas tree, carefully decorated with love and care. The stars in the night sky. Your eyes are smooth. But you know what I don't love? Sparkling water. This sparkling water, man. The stuff, it... The stuff just tastes like the same feeling you get when you realised you've been scammed. Does it not? The amount of times I feel like I'm about to be refreshed by a nice, tall, cold glass of water, or mayhaps a bottle, only to find out that my thirst has not been quenched. Quite the opposite. It has actually been worsened by the sensation of knives in my throat. Thought I would be hydrated and cool, now my esophagus is dry and abused. You know... (laughs) Okay, I might be being slightly dramatic. Slightly. Sparkling water actually does hydrate you, I think, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like acid. And lies. I just don't know why sparkling water needs all that extra, you know? What's wrong with it just being water? Why does it have to do the absolute most? I just don't get it. It's arrogant. It's arrogant water. That's what it is. Would sir like still or arrogant water? Water the arrogant. Oh, the arrogant. All right, I'll leave it there. I'll stop having a go at sparkling water. But I stand by it. It's a, it's a hill. I'll die on this hill. I will die on this hill. You know what rhymes with hill? Still. The best kind of water. Okay, I'm done. Also, why is it sparkling water? Why is it not twinkling water? 
Uh, I always thought sparkle and twinkle were interchangeable words. Twinkling water sounds better, I think. I would order a glass of twinkling water at a restaurant. I would. I would. Okay. So to sparkle is to shine brightly with flashes of light. Not what the water does, but that's okay. Um, or the second definition is to be vivacious and witty. Also not water. Oh, oh, this, this fizzy water is, is rather vivacious. And do you know what? I'd go as far as to say witty. It's witty water. Wouldn't you say so? Vivacious and witty water. Um, to twinkle is of a star or light or a shiny object to shine with a gleam that changes constantly from bright to faint. Okay, so it's a chill version of, of sparkle. Hence why it's twinkle, twinkle, little star and not sparkle, sparkle, little star. Sparkle, sparkle, little star. Just calm down, you're trying too hard. <laughs> Please, for God's sake. Um, neither of these explain the water, though. What's, what's going on there, then? Um, okay, so-called fizzy beverages are not a modern phenomena. Many alcoholic beverages, such as beer and champagne... Champon, have been carbonated through the fermentation process for centuries. Yes, we know this. Records show that the English scientist Christopher Merritt Merret, uh, created sparkling wine for the first time in 1662 by adding sugar and molasses during a second fermentation process. Cool. This discovery enabled another English scientist, Joseph Priestley, to investigate the process of adding carbonation to still water. Oh, Joseph. In 1767, Priestley suspended a bowl of water over a beer vat in, in a brewery in Leeds, England. Priestley dripped sulfuric acid onto chalk over the top of this vat and discovered that this technique infused the water with carbon dioxide. Huh. In 1772, he released a paper describing this process as <coughs> impregnating water with fixed air. And sparkling water was born. Impregnating the water with fixed air impregnating can you imagine being in a restaurant um can i just have some water please would that be still or sparkling sir uh oh what what's what's sparkling that sounds nice does it shine brightly no sir we impregnate the water with fixed air to make it sparkle okay no thank you i'm good Cheers, though. Just still is fine. Actually, they, they do say pregnant people have a glow to them, which is kind of like a sparkle. It's like a light thing. So, do you know what? I'll say, I'll say we can go with that. We can go with that. You can have it. And with that, we're going to move on to the last word. The last word sounds 
sounds very boring. It sounds like the perfect word to put you to sleep, and the word is tax. <sighs> Although putting you to sleep is often the intention of this podcast, there are limits, I think. So, um, so I'm not going to sit here and finish off this episode teaching you how to do your taxes. What I am going to do is turn this into a, I guess, like a little bit of advice or like a little positive thing you can do, um, because I like to try and end the podcast on something of that ilk. Like I, I, I like doing that, just to leave you all on a little um, soupçon of hope. I guess I think that's quite a nice thing to do. So taxes. Um, although I'm not going to be talking about tax 101 here, it is a very, very good thing that YouTube is so prevalent now because you don't get taught that shit in schools. You don't get taught how to do tax. If you did, you're very, very lucky. Um, so YouTube very, very comes in handy, comes in very handy. Um, it did for me. It definitely did for me. As a self-employed member of society, I have to fill in my own tax returns. And for those of you who don't know, the deadline for self-employed tax returns is the end of January each year for the previous year's taxes. Okay. So January 2024 requires the tax return for April 2020. 22 to April 2023 because the tax year runs from April to April. Cool. With me so far? Good. Lovely. These tax returns can be complicated. They can be not too bad. It depends how much stuff you have going on business-wise, but it can often be long, very long, and have a lot of maths involved if you have a lot of stuff to work out. So I like many people, I imagine, had been putting off doing my tax return for a long time because, ew. But it got to the point where I obviously had to do it because, you know, prison. So I finally sat down to do it. And imagine my surprise. Imagine my absolute unbridled joy when I discovered that past me from a few months ago had already done half, if not two thirds of it all for me already. I have never done anything that thoughtful for myself. And if I have, I have totally forgotten about it, just like I did with this. What, what an absolute gem I am, what a treat. It honestly made my day so much better. And so, with that, my little recommendation or challenge or bit of advice to you, however you want to take it, is to pay something forward to yourself that is going to help you later on down the line. And then hopefully you just forget about it. If you're like me, that, that won't be too hard, that part of it. Um, because you, you see so many of these videos of people paying it forward to, to other people, which is lovely. It's so lovely. It's so lovely. And it's a wonderful thing to do. 
but I feel like a lot of us don't have our own backs enough. When I remembered what I did for myself, I felt like I really had my own back and I really supported myself and it was really nice. I felt like I was really on my own side and I don't know, whatever you do, it can be really simple. It can be it can be something silly like buying an extra tube of toothpaste or shampoo next time you go to the supermarket. Because then when you run out and go, Oh, I, I need to I need to get some of this. I wish I had some. I run out. There is past you coming in clutch with that exact product you need. It's in the cupboard. It's there. It's right there. Unless you forget that you've bought it and then you go out and get it anyway. But don't think about that. Or, you know, even just putting clothes out that you need to wear the next day just to save you some time in the morning. I don't know, man. It's just a little lift for your day or something you can do to just be on your own side. You might already do all of this stuff, but I've never really done that stuff. A lot of the time I've just not been on my own side, so... The novelty is there for me very strongly, and I'm passing it on to you in case you also don't do it and can do with the little nudge to do something like that. So yeah, be on your own side. And with that, I am going to leave you for this week. It's good to be back. It's wonderful to talk to you again. And uh, I hope you feel a bit more chill than you did when we first started. Please do take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Like I said, be on your own side. And I will speak to you soon. Okay. Bye.